the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to the program. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program. 323-203-0815, and that's the LegalZoom self-help hotline. LegalZoom.com is the leader in self-help legal documents. You can get legally binding documents online in minutes, trademark wills, patent rights, copies. They got it all. And besides avoiding the high cost of attorney, you can also save a little bit of money by uh, throwing in green in the checkout code so you can get the special green room discount. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Thank you, Logan. Your enthusiasm gets me going every time. And uh, not that I need enthusiasm for this episode. We got we got a ton of special guests. Uh, later on in the show, we have Jessie Lunderby. She'll be coming in. She is, I think we actually talked about this story on the show. She was formerly, uh, she used to work in an Arkansas prison. She was a jailer. And uh, she lost her job for posing in Playboy. And uh, when she became the Playboy Cyber Girl of the Month, they let her go. And so we'll have her on later in the second half of the show. So stay tuned for that part. But Logan, uh, right now I'd like to welcome onto the show two very uh, famous writers. Uh, they've worked on a lot of interesting projects, a lot of big shows. I'd like to welcome on Todd Levin and Scott Jacobson. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for thanks having for us. Having us. Yeah. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. And uh, you guys are here to talk about your new book that's uh, just coming out. It's called Sex, Our Bodies, Our Junk. And it's uh, written by, well, you guys, but uh, under the pseudonym, The Association of the Betterment of Sex. That's right. Yeah, we wrote it with uh, three other guys. And, okay. Uh, and yeah, sorry. Uh, to clarify, this is Todd. Um, this is Todd. First off, let's get, let's get a little... <laughs> Uh, let's get a little background uh, info. We'll start with you, Todd. Now, Todd, uh, what part of the country did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up in upstate New York. In upstate Albany, New York? In Albany. Okay. Which was a thriving city when I grew up in it. Uh, it is now, I just read recently it was uh, rated one of America's top ten dying cities. Top ten dying cities? Yeah. Ooh. Well, that's a bummer. Well, it's just nice that we cracked the top ten. Well, there you go. I mean, it's it would <laughs> it's be almost nice worse if you're like the mid twenties of the dying yeah, city. You don't even get the publicity exactly, of if you're twelve or thirteen. Yeah, you know, if your if your city's that that uh on the near death, at least get a little publicity out of it. That's maybe true. maybe get some sympathy moves. People are like, oh, I feel bad for the city of Albany. I'm going to go there. Sure, tourism. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm sure it's great for tourism. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, they want to see it before it completely dies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The patronizing tourism industry. Yeah. So all right, so you grew up in uh, Albany, and then uh, how you, how'd you get involved in comedy writing? I uh, Well, I was writing... I don't even... You know, that's a really funny question because I don't really know. I kind of got bullied into it a little bit. I was writing on my own for a while. Um, you know, just like... I think like most people start now just doing my own like website. Yeah. And uh, I'd gotten through that. For some reason, I'd gotten a little bit of attention and I was doing So some, wait, you were, you were doing like a blog? Yeah, just a blog. And I just like, you know, post whatever 
Now, yeah. what what year are we talking about? This is a long time ago. I mean, I probably I started it in 1998. Okay, so yeah. you're kind of. I don't of, think they called them blogs then. I right, think they it was just them, a personalized internet like, site. Ye old and, diary. <laughs> <laughs> now, what were you what were you getting into? What type of stuff were you covering back then? I and just whatever was on my mind. You know, it's just I'm, it's what that format is for, I guess. You know, you just right. sort of write about whatever's on your mind, and I would just write these kind of, I guess, funny pieces. And somehow, when I was living, I was living in New York City at the time when I started doing it. And I just started, I was always interested in comedy. I always loved comedy. Never really thought it was something you could do. Now, was the, were the pieces intentionally funny? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for okay. Sure, All for right. Sure. So they were, yeah. you were writing these little humor essays online. <laughs> it was just comically bad. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't know if they're like. <laughs> they're like, we got to find this guy. He has no idea how funny he is. No grasp of just the best. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And funny. I don't want, I don't want to assume you're the William Hung of 1998 <laughs> blogs, but you never know. I just wanted to clarify <laughs> that, that that was your intention to be I funny. I might have been. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if this is all, your entire career was like a practical joke by someone just Sitting back like, oh uh, man, he's he really bought. He really thought he was. We were laughing, uh, laughing at him the entire time. Well, I don't, yeah, people, I don't think that people would book me on on comedy shows. And now that now that you're <laughs> putting it in this new context, I'm like, was I just like the Beetlejuice? Comedy <laughs> shows? Well, I, did, I didn't mean to uh, get in your head there, oh, Todd. You really did. It All right. So what much. were you what were you doing there the, during the day? Uh, I was freelance writing. I did a lot of writing for advertising. Um, did some journalism. You know, however I could kind of get by. I learned very early on that I'm not good at having a staff job I was just wasn't good at that whole thing so I started you know doing my own thing uh, pretty early around the same time I started the website actually okay uh, so just doing some freelance writing here and there yeah exactly freelance writing here and there and then I got into stand-up you know I was first I'd start by reading my these little pieces I'd wrote on written on my website I'd read those at shows and then I started feeling guilty that I had the paper in front of me so I'd start telling stories and then read a little bit and a little bit less and a little bit less and eventually I started just doing stand up. Okay, cool. And, now what kind of what kind of places did you do out in New York? Mostly I mean, I did some clubs but I did mostly like the alternative rooms. Places like uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I know UCB. Yeah. Have you ever performed at a place called Cabin? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah cuz I when uh when I go out to New York I've played that a couple times. Oh yeah, it's a fun room. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a good place. time. And uh okay, so you're you're hanging out, you're you're got the website going. Your uh, website's your, really working for me. Yeah. What was it? Did, was it really blowing up or was no, it just, just? It was just, you know, it was just one of those things that it got a certain amount. It's just, just an avalanche. I, I feel like it's, no, it's never, not an avalanche. It was, the whole thing was baby steps. It was so incremental. Outland, you know what I mean? It. it took like 47 years for this all to come together, I feel like, you know. You hosted um, a very popular show in the East Village. For that's a while. true, that yes. Was, I uh, forgot about that. Yes. Okay. So now when's your first quote unquote break? When's your first paid gig as far as writing comedy? Um,. Probably, you know, I, I, I did punch up for some stuff for Comedy Central a few years ago. That was pretty much when I started. I think I think around 2007 or so is when I finally decided I really would like to write comedy for a living. It was the first time I kind of went, maybe I can write comedy for a living. So I started to pursue that. And uh, I got an agent and started submitting for shows and got little things here and there. You know, mostly just doing punch up stuff for, for Comedy Central. Um and then I submitted for Conan. And uh, actually, when I sent my submission in, I think two weeks later, or maybe even a week later, the writer strike started. Oh, okay. And so. Well, Todd, you don't have great timing. It was timing. the worst <laughs> timing possible. They were to be honest, you, you signed on to Conan. I, I read the GQ article that you did. I thought mm -hmm. that was very well written. And it, it chronicles your time. It was entitled, I think, I'm with Coco. I and was with Coco. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I was with Coco. And so you, you get on at New York, 
and you get on towards the end of his uh, late night with Conan O'Brien, right, right before they transition to yeah. move to L.A. and become The Tonight Show. Exactly. And yeah. then Tonight Show kind of, uh, you know. That didn't work out the at Tonight all. Show, yeah. <laughs> you would think it would. Right. No, everything history, was all in place. History says that it should work out, that that's kind of a long-term investment. Right. Turns out. Now, what was your take on the whole thing? Obviously, you're upset. Did you feel like it was uh, that any of it was personal with Jay Leno? him taking over the show do you think there was any kind of personal vendettas or do you think it was just nbc coming out going hey look the numbers aren't there we thought we could hang around and wait it out but we can't no i think it was i think it was strictly a, a business decision i think uh this this is just what i think I, jay I, leno likes to be in the business of screwing over people no <laughs> no you know certainly at that time i was like that motherfucker Right. Why wouldn't I yeah, be? Yeah. I'd be mad. Some guys coming in who's who's already uh, you know has the totally established career taking away your sweet writing gig. But yeah, on in in Jay Leno's defense, he didn't want to leave the Tonight Show. No. They kind of told him, hey, we're we're taking away your show. You're number one. We're taking it away. Mm-hmm. I can see why he was frustrated. He wanted to probably retire on his own terms. Yep. But you know, he wanted to make it look good to have to bring Conan on and and try to have a smooth transition. Sure. Well. What was it? Uh, what kind of insights could you give us as to as to how quickly the mood changed? Like, take us through the the first couple weeks versus the contrasting last couple weeks. Well, I mean, there there was a lot of momentum in the beginning. I think, um, you know, it, I think all along though, we all thought this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? You know, it just seemed absurd. The scale of everything was so tremendous. You know, that the the set itself was so big at uh, late night. I think the audience size was under 200 people. I think it was maybe 175. And here it was almost 400. So it was this huge space, huge studio. Everything just seemed so big. And I think there was always a sense, from the writers anyway, that we somehow like lied and cheated our way into this position. You're and like, this we, is too good. How yeah, did we get we just here? we don't belong here. Yeah, yeah. I think they, everybody just kind of, kind of felt that way. Um, and uh, But, but the, you know, there was a lot of excitement. In the, and there was so much stuff that we could do that... I, they couldn't do it late night because the money wasn't there and just again the scale wasn't there yeah you're at the um, 11:30 time slot you probably have yeah. access to a lot more guests that you didn't have before sure not as many as we thought though yeah uh, what was that like i i know you had <laughs> mentioned that you guys kind of had this idea of like okay we're going to la we're the tonight show everyone wants to be on the yeah. show we thought i mean we really did i i can say just as a writer and just from from being at those first few writers meetings when we were still in pre-production there was a sense that this somehow this show would be a second home to every huge celebrity that we could just like <laughs> call Tom Cruise at a moment's notice and he would come. Oh, why come wouldn't by I want to hang out to with be Conan shot out of a cannon or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just do whatever we wanted. Like that was even not even just Tom Cruise will come by as a guest. It'll be we'll write some degrading sketch <laughs> for Tom Cruise and he'll just why wouldn't he come by? Yeah, it's exactly. Oh, but it's it's funny, Tom. Trust me, we know comedy. Yeah, we know yeah. you're one of the. <laughs> But we had to, yeah, we had to adjust our expectations really quickly. And I remember one of the things that would happen was, <laughs> like, really early on, we started to realize, okay, the, this person's saying no. So, you know, you'd have a sketch that you had pitched maybe two weeks ago where Will Smith does a, uh, you know, a walk-on in the sketch. And then you'd repitch it as, like, the guy from the Candyman movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's almost kind of funnier. Like, <laughs> the fact that the guy, obviously, you want the big names. That's what helps sell the show. Yeah, yeah. All right, now, uh, okay, well, uh, so just take us through that last week. What was Conan's demeanor like? What, I, I mean, obviously he's really um, 
angry, I would imagine, disappointed. But then there was also kind of the sense that he was sticking it to the man. He was kind of drew a line in the sand. Were you ever angry that he didn't take the 12 o'clock, uh, the 12:05 spot instead of instead of just saying no tonight show? Uh, not really. I mean, I think during those last couple of weeks, I was really impressionable, though. I think a lot of us were because so many people were covering this story, and you were getting so many opinions from from everybody. Every opinion sounded really smart to me yeah. at that time, and I, it was so easy for me to sort of change my position on it. Um, I, yeah, I think it would have been a bad move to to move the show. I think right. It's, it's I don't a, think that form of surrender, and I think it would have just been a matter of time before we would have been squeezed out of that spot as well. Right, because then you have Jimmy Fallon right after, and then you have the Jay Leno at, yeah, at 11. I can easily see a, a moment where Jay goes, you know, I just wish I could, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really do I everything I need to do I just comfortable at the know. 11.30 slot. Yeah, yeah, I just wish I could do more. All right. Know? Um, so, so, yeah, I, I, there were definitely moments where I thought this was a selfish decision. You know, there's a huge staff. And where all of our jobs are being affected by. Yeah, it. now a lot of t- you talk about the idea that uh, you know it was reported. Okay, they buy out. It sounded like I think the public had this idea that eh, okay, everyone's going to get a ton of money. Yeah. You're going to get uh, all this cash. Oh, it's totally worth it for you. I mean, without getting uh, into into numbers specifically. I mean, if you want, feel free. But what what did you get any sort of buyout? Was it just like okay, you had a six week contract that they were willing to fulfill? Well, I know I know this is radio, so people can't see, but I am wearing a solid gold tuxedo. <laughs> yes, I was. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to embarrass you, but I had one of my eyes replaced with a diamond. All his uh, friends came in on a blimp. Was, all yeah. his friends assumed he was loaded, and we all hit him up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, like, nothing. All right, the money truck was delivered by Conan. <laughs> what, him where's down. my shake? Yeah. Iffy real estate proposition. Yeah, I had a lot. <laughs> Things like that. I bought some land in Baja. Um, no, I. I mean, it was. Okay, you know, I I feel like we were treated fairly, but yeah, there was this somehow there's this number out there that there everybody thought there was just 12 million dollars, and yeah. that somehow this bag of money arrived at the studio <laughs> filled with 12 million dollars, and that we all could just grab as much <laughs> as we needed, and it just really wasn't like that. Um, but it was, you know, I think it was fair. I think uh, the network kicked in whatever they were sort of contractually obligated. To, to pay us, you know, through the rest of our contracts because we were in the middle of a contract. Um, and then Conan helped us along for uh, a little bit after that. Well, there you go. Sounds like a, a class act. Now, Scott, uh, you've uh, you've also worked for a lot of big shows. You wrote on The Daily Show, mm-hmm. Academy Awards. I know um, you wrote on The Squid Billies. Yeah, now, what's, the Squid uh, Billies. What's, what's your... doesn't get listed when people are <laughs> really off the credits. Well, yeah, you know, I, I like throwing that in there. Now, so where did you grow up? Where are you from originally? I'm from North Carolina. I went to school in uh, Chapel Hill, and I, I kind of grew up way out in the country there. Okay. Yeah. Now, so, okay, you grew up in, out in the country. Uh-huh. How do you end up as this uh, urban urban man writing for a uh, you know writing for uh, all these TV shows? Well, I, I was a prison guard. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? Oh, so you have that in yeah. common with our, uh, with our guest, Jesse. So maybe you guys can nice. talk uh, retention <laughs> techniques. I just read this article. You did a pictorial in SAG magazine. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that, and then you lost your job in the prison guard because you, you posed for Playgirl. And then what? take us what and happened. And my comedy writing career just cracked open. I, was, I wanted to do it ever since I was in college. And then I got to the end of college, and I realized that I was gonna, uh, I didn't really have any plan. And I was going to do what my other friends who didn't have a plan we're doing and either go to grad school or go to law school but I really really didn't want to 
So I had like I made a last ditch uh, effort and I got an internship on the Howard Stern show. Oh wow! All right. And uh, I'm a huge Howard and, Stern fan. Oh, so am I. But I didn't I didn't stay there for long. Because I jumped ship because I realized early on that was not a, a springboard to anything. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you look at some. I of was the... like a, a member of the Whack Pack. Almost, oh, okay. But, yeah, because yeah, you could be in the intern beauty pageant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could the... be the next Grillo. There's there's pl- you could be the next Stuttering John, perhaps. Although he he seemed to be like the only guy who really really. Ha- Turned it into something yeah. great, I guess. You really have to have you have to be um, uh, have have a high like freakiness quotient, I think, to do. Now, well what what was your show. what was your time like working uh, on the Howard Stern show? You said you didn't stay it was there really long. Fun. I was there for maybe four months, but it was it, I you laugh you know all day long. Now, what what uh, what year of the show are we talking about? This was I guess I was just getting out around 2000, getting out of college. Okay. So it was yeah around then. Okay, so over at K Rock you got over at Artie K-Rock, there. Yeah, you have uh, well you're working with it's like stepping into a sitcom because I'd watched the E Show for years and you have uh, Gary in the room next to you and Baba Booey and you pass my my job was to uh, uh, pass calls along to Stuttering John. Okay, because so, he's the uh, the main call screener. Yeah, Stuttering John was my boss. <laughs> Um, but it was I, it was great. I saw the insane clown posse come through. Uh, Andy Dick had a meltdown on the show when I was there. Uh, all a lot of memorable little moments. But then I left and I worked on the Upright Citizens, their TV show. Okay. All right. So yeah, Upright Citizens. Now, did you get a job in production there? Or what Just kind a of job in production? And I drove trucks and uh, worked my way up from there. To do you remember a show called Strangers with Candy? Yes. I do my entire IMDb page. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. Uh, I worked there and finally got like a writer's assistant job. And you just have to kind of, or at least the path I took, uh, creep your way up the ladder. So um, you you suggest being a, just hanging in there, sticking around. Eventually, someone will give you a chance. And as having far no as other writing. options and just yeah, really clinging to it. Now, did you ever do stand up? You ever get into performing? A yeah, a little bit. When I left the Daily Show, I had two years and I was kind of freelancing and I did stand up uh, here and there. A lot of the same kinds of places as Todd. Okay. But, so now, uh, how how many years did you work over at the Daily Show? For five years. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. It was a great experience. I have no uh, traumatic story like John that. Stewart isn't a crazy asshole. No. Give me something here. No, I'd love to. Give me to. something. I would love to dish. He's, no, a, he's a self-loathing anti-Semite. Anything? Oh, no. Let me see. Doesn't he have a lobster claw for hand? He's got the <laughs> lobster claw. He's got People a pr- know that, right? Pretty, yeah. Yeah. Prodigious I, tail, I hope, right? Oh, my God, I hope so. But um, no, yeah, he's. It was nice. It was a very strange. It wasn't like working at a network show. It was a very small, like little insular place, and people would go there and just never leave. They would be there for years and years. So it turned into it just a, a str- uh, just a family of weirdos. But it was it was really fun. Okay. Mom, mom and pop shop. shop. So They're now mom and pop shop. Now, uh, how do you two guys meet each other? How do you guys come together to write this book that we're here to talk about? Sex, our bodies, our junk. It's a uh, you know pretty thick manual here. So how'd you guys come together? How'd this whole project get started? Well, we are part of a group, kind yeah. of that we we wrote for a bunch of um, for a few magazines, a lot a lot of stuff for Radar, which came and went like three times. It was a magazine that was kind of in the vein of Spy. Did you ever read Spy okay. when it was around? Okay. Um, and we just realized we worked really well together. The other guys are Mike Sachs, who wrote a, yeah. a really great book about uh, comedy writers called And Here's the Kicker. And Jason Roeder writes for The Onion, and there's another guy, Ted Travelstead, who's very, very funny comic actor and writes for like Vanity Fair. Yeah, because I was gonna note, I noticed uh, it looked like you wrote for The Onion as well, and this definitely has kind of the Onion feel in that you guys kind of have some. Uh, you'll take like um, some serious, 
not I guess not super serious. It's it's a parody book, but like the one about uh. Well, the, the whole did you learn something from this? Book? Well, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I realized it was a joke, but I, <laughs> I I took this as a as a really serious. No, uh, but like the the Association of Betterment of Sex, and you know they have tips like uh, how to make your penis look bigger. It'll start with a serious tip. Shave your pubes, which I don't know. I guess that's in my world that feels like a serious tip. <laughs> and then uh, the next tip, uh, wear a penile sweater. And then sure. I, I love the third one Still was serious. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. Was uh, pose next to a monument or make love next to a monument to give it some perspective. Yeah. So, <laughs> so all right. So now, is it weird working with five guys to, uh, for one book? Because I, I know, like, from writing and stuff, even with a couple people, sometimes it gets like, ah, not that joke. We don't want the tone to be that way. And when you have a, a sex book, like you're doing a parody on sex instruction, did you guys have any sort of arguments or did you guys just divvy up, all right, you work on this chapter? How did, how did it break down? It, I, I would say we were really, really lucky because I think we all really kind of fell into voice on this book, which is strange because a lot of people... It's, <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm Todd. I got the pube voice down. Okay, okay. <laughs> Scott, uh, you're a nut guy. I can just hear that. You you got that. Okay, uh, Adam, you're a sack man. I just know it. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, people have asked that, you know, how did you, how did the five of you kind of find this unified voice for the book? And kind of naturally, I think. I mean, I think we all kind yeah. of knew what kind of book we wanted to write. We didn't want to do a lot of like, those kind of on-the-nose sex jokes it just seemed like there were a lot of really easy jokes you could make a lot of easy plays on words and right. things like that black guys have huge dongs and stuff it's not that it's a little more subtle and then right. with the random you know historic or pop culture references thrown in yeah we yeah. tried it we kind of wrote it in the voice of a creepy guy who takes himself very seriously who doesn't understand that he's extremely creepy yes okay. a guy who would invite you over to his house to show you like erotic etchings yeah so yeah so it's a guy okay so it's basically coming from a guy who all oh, right this is very serious this is the proper way to make love and then the joke is that this guy has no idea or he almost takes love making too serious or yeah or it's just his very particular idea that is right for him but, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. but he assumes this he works for everyone sweater on his penis yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly we, we we i think that was a sort of important thing is that we tried to write the whole thing in a very authoritative voice that was completely misinformed. Yeah, almost yeah, medical sounded, sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, as far as far as the book and um, all right, sorry. <laughs> Did you guys have any sort of? Obviously, this is like we described. It's coming from this this absurdist point of view. But did you guys have any kind of personal stories that you secretly wove in, or anything from your sexual experiences that you used to draw from in the book? Oh man, I probably did. Here, let me let me flip through quickly while Todd. <laughs> Todd, any any kind of embarrassing stories or like, oh man, I, I, I kind of want to know who wrote the. Uh, there was a section that said five public places you can masturbate no, in secret. That. Yeah. And one of them was in the pet section of Walmart. Well, I, that's not because I masturbated in the pet section of Walmart, but I always thought that that was the saddest, loneliest place on earth. Like, right. There's and there's no, like, a, yeah, one little hermit, hermit, crab, there. hermit crab like tapping on the glass yeah. is, is the only company. A couple of, yeah, a couple of yeah. white mice and a hermit crab. Catch yeah. a fish looking at you in the eye. Well, yeah, and then that's cool. Your uh, your forward here was by Andy Richter, and I, I really enjoyed and, that. And his, his wife, Sarah. Thayer. Yeah, and his wife. And it was weird. It was like 
they wrote up this almost his and her guide to surviving marriage, but it was all just about how you can get away with masturbating while you're married. And it's just funny seeing Andy Richter describe, you know, okay, uh, the key to being a great husband is finding your jerk zones. Yeah. And, like, to me, I always had, <laughs> you know, the idea of Andy as this, you know, kind of straight-laced sidekick. And to hear him, you know, goofing around about sex, it's hilarious. That was the only part of the book that was actually true to life. <laughs> yeah, Andy has, was... yeah, he actually has taped off jerk zones <laughs> in his house. Like, reflective tape. It's like, oh, is this like, is a crime scene happening here? No, no, but you don't want to go inside there regardless. <laughs> right. Wow, that's so, and that's also exciting that you got, I mean, right here on the front cover, you got Conan O'Brien uh, to blurb about it. Uh, poss- he describes as possibly the most irresponsible book written on the subject of sexuality since the Bernstein Bears host a key party. That's a great line. Now, do you, was that weird asking Conan? I don't know what kind of relationship you have with him, but is that weird? Terrified that, of him. Is that? Uh, <laughs> it's true. No, yeah, no, I mean. No, he is. I mean, he, you know, he's my boss. He's he's an incredibly down-to-earth guy. Freakishly tall. He is freakishly tall. Very he's, imposing, very super eyes. smart guy, very funny guy. Cold, is that kind of a, eyes. Is that Not weird fine. to ask for, like, a personal favor like this? Yeah, I mean, I guess, but that's also because of my own personality. I, I you know, I think I'm, I'm self-effacing enough that I feel like, well, why would he want to? You know? Right. I don't have a very exaggerated sense of uh, entitlement. So... I was nervous about asking him. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to blurb about a parody sex guide? But then, no, I mean, and, yeah. And also because I think, I mean, I, I honestly just personally think Conan is one of the funniest people on the planet. And it's a tall order to say, will you look at our funny book? And Yeah, tell, no, and that, I got to imagine great. that's got to be intimidating yeah. to say, hey, you're a really funny guy. I really respect you. I work for you. Hey, boss, take a look at this. And hey, would you mind throwing your name on the cover to help me out? Yeah. But that, yeah. I mean, that's cool that he but did he was it. he's really happy to do it. He was very and, cool about it. That's nice. Now, um, Scott, you you had talked to. I saw that you wrote for the Academy Awards. Yeah. Describe. Is that a really? Um, you hear these stories about how that's so pressure filled. It's really pressure packed. What's your craziest um, writing environment as far as show business is concerned? Um. Well, my, my craziest uh, Amer- uh, Academy Awards experience. Yeah. Or if it wasn't the Academy Awards, working on some other show. Honestly, it wasn't that nutty. Uh, well. I've been lucky. I haven't had... There are some shows uh, at, like, SNL is a big pressure cooker. Uh, the Daily Show, by the time I got there, it was such a well-oiled machine that it They just so, had it all down? Yeah, it wasn't so rough. Uh, my, my toughest experiences were when I was in production driving a truck and maybe for, like, 14 hours a day or something. But uh, the Academy Awards, it, it was really... We ate a lot of snacks. They would bring... <laughs> well, the was Bruce Valanche there? Bruce, Answer Bruce the question, was America there. wants yeah, to know. Yeah, he was. But he's really almost furniture. What did his t-shirt say? <laughs> he's just there. And they just they need him there as just like a lucky charm. Right. He's his the rabbit's foot of uh, the Academy Awards. One day he wore a who farted. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, of course Classic. he did. Yeah. Classic Valanche. He, he dusted it off. So now, now you guys got this book. You're out here uh, promoting it, getting the word out about this uh, sex, our bodies are junk. What's the next step for you guys? What are you guys working on right now? Well, we are working on another book that's a parody of a, a employee manual. Okay. So it's going to be along the same lines, just as uh, just as dense with jokes as this, and just as authoritative, but and as crazy. But yeah. Now, did you guys have? Now you talked about all the good jobs you've had. Obviously, driving the truck wasn't that great of a job. No. Are you guys drive? Drawing from uh, some shitty jobs you guys had, like Absolutely. the employee manuals. What what kind of uh, jobs? Uh, it's mostly temp experiences. Uh, have you ever temped? 
No, I've never temp. But I've, I've worked in offices. It's a hellish, awful thing where you're not, people don't want to look at you in the eye or really acknowledge that you're there, and you're sitting in someone's <laughs> strange cubicle with, with all their keepsakes. And people the know time, they're not going to have to get to know you. <laughs> yeah, so they, they don't, don't need bother. to bother with it. Yeah. So why, why waste my time getting to know Scott Jacobson? Yeah, the last one, the last my last temp job, I was in this uh, cubicle with, it was a picture of a very sad-looking couple, and then there was a shot glass with two dead violets in it. And that was all I stared at for like two weeks while this person got well or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that must be really weird if it's near terminal illness or something like that, where people like, really want this person yeah, to come back, and you're just, and you're just a, like, you're hey, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Todd still has leukemia. I'm sorry. Don't don't look at me. Don't kill the messenger. Yeah. I remember uh, you're talking about employee manuals, and we we're talking about the Tonight Show. I used to work at Quiznos, and I remember uh, part of the Quiznos training was to watch these corporate videos. You know, you sit down, and the guy that I worked for was really strict. He would put the video in, and then he would watch you watch the video. And uh, it was like one of those, you know, cor- <laughs> they come out in the corporate kitchen like, okay, hey, this is how a Quiznos sub is made. It's on this TV studio. It's very bizarre. And uh, I remember they were promoting, like, the honey bourbon chicken sandwich. And they're like, everyone loves these honey bourbon chicken sandwiches. Right, Jay Leno? And then they throw to Jay Leno <laughs> uh, at a Quiznos corporate event going, yeah, I get mine all the time. I got the Quiznos club card. It's like, uh, Jesus Christ, man. And I remember as a comedian, <laughs> as an aspiring comedian, like, Wow, why even bother? This man is literally on top of the showbiz rung. Like yeah. he's the dream gig, and he's still working for Quiznos. <laughs> why even try? Yeah, he's a special case. Though. He really is. <laughs> he, he he enjoys working. He really loves it. But, yeah, uh, well, he he can't turn it down, man. He just loves cranking out those monologue jokes. And uh, well, you know it's bad when Kevin Eubanks can't put up with it. He's like, "All right, Jay, you've gone far enough. I'm going to pursue my solo career." <laughs> um, I don't know if you have any insight on this, Todd. Now I know, I know uh, Max Weinberg. He kind of got lost in the shuffle, kind of went off. Do you know anything about why he didn't want to stay with the show, or why he left, or or any of that? Oh, I didn't even know this. We'll miss him terribly. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm not really sure. Um, I think. You know, Max is a pretty busy guy. You know, he's he's got a pretty good gig touring with uh, Bruce Springsteen, which I think he'll continue to do. Right. Um, and I think maybe he was just done. You know, um, had an, had I, enough. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't. I I think that maybe, and this is me just speculating. I don't want to speak for Max. Like I I think he, like a lot of people, thought the Tonight Show was gonna be you know a long term gig, and I'll just settle into this. And um, when it wasn't, I think he kind of thought, well. Yeah, I'll just do my own thing. Just go on. Yeah. And now, are you? Do you have any plans to write for Conan's new show? Do you have any plans to try to get involved with that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What do you? I, what can't, do you... <laughs> I can't. I can't say anything yet because oh, it okay. hasn't been no official announcement. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well that's uh, real exciting. And uh, thank you guys. Thank you so much for coming in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. make sure you uh, check out their book, Our Bodies or Sex, Our Bodies Are Junk. And uh, I'll be posting a link on SeanTGreen.com there, but I'm sure you can get it at Amazon or anywhere else. Sure. Fine books are sold. And uh, we're going to take just a little break uh, here real quick, and we're going to come back with Jesse Lunderby. She's the uh, former Arkansas jailer who is now a uh, Playboy cyber girl. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back.
right. Well, we're back, and uh, Jesse will be coming in here in a second. But that gives me a chance to tell you guys to go to SeanTGreen.com, click the Amazon logo, and help old Sean T. Green out. Help the green room out. You know, you can do all your shopping online. Amazon has all your meets all your retail needs. Literally, Amazon has everything. And also, we have this exciting announcement to, to make. Uh, the green room is now going to be partnered up with uh, Stitcher. Well, first off, you can listen to the green room on your... Uh, iPhone now. You can listen to your the Green Room on your iPhone. You can just uh, all you need to do is download the LA Talk Radio app there, and now you can also uh, check out some um, streaming versions of the show without even have to download them by going to Stitcher.com. So make sure you check out the Green Room on Stitcher.com, but more importantly, check out the iPhone app on LA Talk Radio. All right, Logan. Well, we're back, and I would like to welcome our second guest, or actually third guest, into the studio. I'd like to welcome on Jesse Lunderby. Jesse, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. No problem. And so now, um, just I'm going to try to try to tell your story. Feel free to, to explain it yourself. So you're, how old were you when you started working in uh, Arkansas at the? Was it a prison or was it just a jail? It's just a jail, and I was 18. You were 18. Mm-hmm. 18 working in a jail. Now, how do you? You're a beautiful young lady. How do you get involved in working in a jail? It seems like every movie, everything I've seen of prison guards, you don't fit the uh, stereotypical, you don't fit the prototype of what I would expect a uh, prison guard to look like. Yes. Um, I don't know. I just have a lot of family that works in law enforcement. And that's okay. That's what I wanted to do. Now, was it was it ever intimidating because you're you're a small you're a small petite girl? And uh, you got you got blonde hair, amazing breasts. Is that ever is that intimidating going in going in with these caged animals? Not really. I'm not, would not, you call them caged animals, by the way? I wouldn't. No, a lot. You know, there's people that come in for DWIs. Oh, okay. So they're human beings. Like, yeah, We've all I mean, been there. there's people that actually make mistakes, not you know, not criminals. Um, no, I I wasn't really intimidated the first day. I was kind of like, oh. And then after that, it's like I'm like bipolar. I have two totally different personalities. Okay, like, so now, all right, you're in you're in the jail. Give me give me a little of your your prison guard talk. Like, uh, let's say <laughs> let's say Logan's Logan's acting up in his cell. He's he's cooking up some pruno. He's got <laughs> shiv going. What would you kind of give me your prison guard voice to yell at Logan? Well, first, like we try to talk to him, you know, just like they're yeah. But you just out. sound like such then, a sweetheart. No, I'd be after like after that, like when I get mad, like I yell and I go crazy, like it's bad. Really? Yeah. I can't now, just yell at Logan a little bit, or you can, can yell at me, whatever you. What do you What do you want me to say to him? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I have to be mad to do okay. it. I'm not um, like a mean person. Logan, Logan keeps sneaking Logan, in. Logan, stop raping over there. Yeah, oh, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> Logan's forcing himself on other inmates. No. <laughs> hey, Logan, stop stabbing that guy. No, All right, so like that. you're working there yeah. in in a prison. I'm still. I'm just looking at you, and I can't picture you in any sort of prison. Now, if uh, it's not a prison, it's it's a, like it's a jail. It's a jail okay. for temporary, like a couple days. People. But it, has anyone ever gotten out of line? Did you ever have to beat anyone up, stun gun anyone, use your firearm? Did you carry a firearm? No, we didn't carry firearms. Oh, okay. Um, yes, people do get out of line, but we don't, you know. You didn't beat anyone up. We don't beat them up. Okay. You you strain them. them. Right. Okay. She she was doing the finger quotes in her head. Like, I don't want any, uh, I don't want any more lawsuits. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. So now you're working for, you're working for this jail and how does it come up that, okay, hey, I'm going to pose in Playboy. Um, I do a lot of modeling and like they were all aware of it. It's just like, 
you know, I had the weekends off. Oh, I'm had, sure they're aware had, of it. <laughs> I had the great shift. Like, they all knew about what I was doing. You know, I'd go model here. I'd go model there. I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm going to use my extra day off. I'm going to go to this place. And they all knew. And then um, Playboy asked me if I wanted to test shoot. And I was like, of course. Yeah. You know? So I went and test shot. And then a couple of days later, I found out that I got it. So I was like, yes. <laughs> super excited that's awesome mm-hmm. um so okay so now you test out for playboy in your head did you think this was going to be a problem at all with the people at, at the jail or with your employers at all i don't know because you know like i had already been to the mansion a couple of times as a painted lady which that's totally nude um, okay so you with- were already flying out to la going to hugh hefner's mansion as a painted lady, what explain yeah. what a painted lady is to people. I, I hang out at the mansion a lot, but yeah. for people out there <laughs> who don't know what a painted lady is, explain what that okay, is. You're totally nude, and you have an outfit, like usually lingerie or like a swimsuit or just like candy or something painted on your body. It's oh, just nice. body paint. Okay. So you just go now. What uh, did you have you met Hugh Hefner? Um, briefly, not not really. We did like kind of like the fist bump kind of thing. <laughs> like that's all I've that's all I've gotten to do. Did, I want a picture with him so he bad. He did the fist that, bump. You know, like he's like walking by and you're like, oh hi, Hef, and he like kind of just sticks out his hands, you know. And you're like all starstruck. Yeah, that was about it. You Imagine know? only he in this country could yeah, a know, right? could a uh, like an 86 year old man, <laughs> a 21 year old smoking hot chick is dying to talk to him, and he's like, oh sorry, sweetheart, I got things to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, he's like, hey, hey, you know, how you doing? And then you're just like, that's it, that's all you got. So did you, did you see any kind of crazy shenanigans going on at the uh, at the um, Hugh Hefner Mansion, the Playboy Mansion? Anything going down? I don't know, maybe just a little bit, but. <laughs> <laughs> now what does that what does that mean? Uh, are there um, are there like celebrities there? Any any celebrities when you were visiting the mansion? Um, I've met a few, yeah. What kind um, of Polly Shore? I haven't met Polly Shore. Okay, what but, kind of celebrities um, did you meet at the mansion? Was it, were there any celebrities doing something? Embarrassing that they wouldn't want. People I don't to know, know what about. you're talking about. I don't <laughs> no, well, just what um what kind of celebrities are there? Who who did you meet hanging out at the Playboy Mansion? Um, I've met Mer- Vernon Troy. He's like a total sweetheart. Okay. Um, hung out with him for a while. Um, just random people. Yeah. Like rappers usually go rappers. a lot. <laughs> any uh anyone um, we would know? Ti. I don't know. I can't really Lil comment Wayne. on that because I don't know if people. Oh, no, come on. It's, 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 well, uh, you know, there's like, there's like the secret rapper, stories. You can't like talk about it or, you know. No, nah, come on. They don't, they don't care. Off, you know, so. They're not going to get angry. So now you're, you did some, okay, you did the shoot for Playboy. Mm-hmm. How did you find out that uh, you were in trouble? Did it come down through your, did your boss just call you in and say, what the hell's going on? No, you know, I, I, they all knew that it was going to be coming out. And then like, it actually came out a month later than what, I had expected, you know, and I told him, I was like, oh, it's not going to be out this month after all, it's next month. And then, you know, they, just, it is so stupid. They, they kind of like asked me a few questions about it, if there were other issues going on. And then that was it. Okay. So they and asked then, you about it a little bit. They never said like, this is a huge problem or anything like that. They, yeah, well, they had one female employee, which... I don't get along with her. She was yelling at me, comparing me to a stripper. You know, like, that was the only moment that I was kind of like, what the heck? But right. then I just took it as, you know, 
her personal vendetta. Right, not she's like, jealous. Yeah, that's not my boss. I'm that's guessing, some random hoochie, I'm, like, being a butthead. But. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> watch, your, watch your language, yeah, Jesse. that's what I was like. <laughs> now, I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that this other female jailer, she's not uh, she's not cyber girl quality. Is that a fair assessment? That is a she fair might, assessment. She might have been a little yes. jealous. Yes, yes. Okay. So, so now, I wouldn't take it as anything because she's... Yes, she's higher ranked than me, but she was not my boss. Didn't work in the same area, nothing. And then um, nothing really came of it, you know? Okay. Um, they called me there, and they were like, oh, okay, we take care of this other issue. Didn't say that the Playboy was a problem at all. Sure. And then the week that it came out, you know, I worked two days, and then I had my days off. And then probably the second day of my day off... Um, I had news crews at my house asking me for my side of the story. <laughs> wow, so you you didn't really see anything coming. There were some rumblings that, there, okay, maybe there's a little problem here or there. And then you just wake up and there's news crews outside of your house. Pretty much, yep. Now, how were you, were you, describe your reaction when the news crews showed up. I was shocked because I don't like people seeing me with my hair and makeup messed up. <laughs> that was your first, like, okay, if I'm going to be on camera, like, I need yeah. 15 minutes to get my hair right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like, what are, you, what are you talking about, you know? And they're like, what's the posing for Playboy and working in the sheriff's department? What? Are you, what? Like, who sent you here? Like, <laughs> Do you know you how this from? story got broken? Do you know? So was it just that the sheriff's department knew what happened and uh, they, they called the news crew? How do you think the story broke? I think they did because otherwise, you know, like my information is not really listed. Like yeah, so obviously yeah. the news crews found out where you live they through the sheriff's department. Yeah, they knew where I lived. They knew my phone number. They knew all kinds of contact information that like you had to have. Now, what do you think the, all of that? What do you think the mo of the sheriff's department is to kind of make this into a news story? They're gonna press release that they fired you for posing in Playboy. Why not? If it was a problem, why not just kind of say, okay, we're gonna have to let you go. This isn't something that we're allowed our employees to do. They just quietly release you. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they wanted to turn it into a big story? I have no idea. So I'd like to know. You don't. You don't know any of their motives as to why they want, why they turned this into a news thing or, at all. No, I don't. Okay. I wish I did. No, yeah, I'm just, no I'm just idea. trying to figure out what their motive would be to, yeah. to make this big fuss. I mean, it kind of makes them look bad for Seems firing. Like they want to be in th the news. Yeah, I think they thought it would be the other way around because of where I live, it's so like big religious groups. It's not something that's acceptable a lot where I live. You know, it's right. everybody's really reserved. You know, not. Right out here in LA, I, it's like the total <laughs> opposite. Like, wow, that that sheriff's mean. She's yeah. just trying to get her career started. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think they thought that it was going to be the other way around, and they were going to be like the heroes of the town for getting rid of me, but it backfired on them. I think. So you, nice. when you go back home, people are supportive. Have oh, you yeah. gotten any any negative feedback from people? Like, oh, you hussy, how dare you defile yeah. the sheriff's department? Good yeah. name. Yeah. Anything like that? A little bit. Yeah. And there was this redheaded lady. Uh, yes, you know who you are on <laughs> I'm um, sure she's tuned she, in. She was so rude, and I just, I don't know. It's not anyone else's decision. So right, it's your decision I don't to know why take your out. clothes off for whatever reason and, and right. pose and, <laughs> and get in Playboy. Now, I know you were on, you were on Playboy Radio. I saw some uh, pretty provocative pictures and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Describe, what was it like going on that? It was tons of fun. Now, I don't really care, like... I don't care what people think anymore. I don't have right. to worry about working at the sheriff's department. Yeah, I do my own thing guys. now. So yeah, I mean, I, I gotta be honest. Have fun. 
Playboy Cyber Girl or model or stuff like that, you're you're much better off doing that than uh, being locked up in some dingy jail all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If I, I mean, if I had your body, I'd be in Playboy. I wouldn't be working in some <laughs> Arkansas jail. And yeah. I'd read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now are you are you a single gal? Um, I don't talk about my You don't life. talk? I don't talk about any of that. I don't talk about my family, I don't talk about my friends. I like to keep that private. Okay. Alright. Now I uh wise. Well, I mean I'm trying to hook Logan up. Aw. <laughs> he is a cutie, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, Logan's blushing. Now in the uh in um he's kidding, Danielle. <laughs> That's his girlfriend. Yeah, so, all no, right. we're just playing. And, um, <laughs> on, on Playboy, though, I saw you said uh, they were asking you about some of your turn-ons, and you said mm-hmm. there's no particular song or CD that puts me in the mood. I'm usually in the mood all the time. Is that true, or is that is uh, that just one of those things these Playboy girls say? No, I think, like, it just depends. Like, I mean, there's sometimes, like, when you're grocery shopping, you're not in the mood. But other than that, like, if I'm at home, I'm always like, hey. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's, just, it's just random. There's not, like, one thing that turns me on. It's just totally random. But what do you look for in a guy? Let's say you were single. Let's say you were looking for guys. What kind of – what are your turn-ons? What do you look for in a guy? I like funny. Um, funny? I don't know. Just cool. I don't know. Cool, laid-back guy, yeah, you know. Yeah, can't be all, like, stuck-up or – Okay. Like, you, don't, you don't like stuck-up guys? No. Now, I, all girls say they like funny guys. Do you think that's really through the case? I think so, because if you're not funny, then you're just boring, and then it's like, what is right. there to talk about if you're not... You yeah, know. if you're not cracking jokes and having a good <laughs> time, do. if you're not charming, right, yeah. okay, I see that, I see your case. So now, what's <laughs> what's the plan right now? I know you were talking to me, uh, you got another Playboy shoot coming up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that your is that your plan, to just kind of look for more modeling work and pursue modeling full-time? Um, I think so. Right now, I am having my website built. And then I'm going to do some more modeling, hopefully do a lot more with Playboy, and then, I don't know, I'm just going to wing it. Sweet. Sounds like <laughs> a good plan. I, uh, I heard you were shooting some movies for Cinemax. What kind mm-hmm. of uh, what kind of movies were those, or what kind of uh, scenes? Um, they are going to be funny, like, Halloween movies. You're going to have to just check them out yourself. <laughs> okay. Now, what do you, like, funny Halloween, um, descri- is it like a comedy? It's what? like a funny, sexy Halloween. Oh, okay. It's kind of like After Dark kind of thing. You're, you're not going to watch it before like 10 o'clock probably. But, right. Well, I don't watch yeah. any Cinemax before 10 o'clock. I think yeah. that's kind of redundant. <laughs> exactly. Um, Do you get uh, you get topless in it? Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You like it in topless? Usually. Yeah. It just depends. Like, it's a little weird sometimes, but... Yeah. But, like, you yeah. know, right now it's relaxed. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's a little bit, I don't know, maybe. All right. <laughs> well, we got five minutes left. All so, right, uh, you know, it was my birthday recently. I saw that you I, you had you posted some pictures of uh, Vince Neal at a golf outing. How did that go down? Vince Neal of Motley Crue. Oh, he wasn't at a golf outing. I met him in Vegas at oh, okay. the uh, Midsummer Stream Party. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I mis uh, misunderstood that picture. What's Vince Neal like? He is so sweet. Him <laughs> and his girlfriend are awesome. I had such a good time with them. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, cool. was the girlfriend hot? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you uh, do you ever make out with chicks? Anything like that? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. What's yeah. your What do you find attractive in girls? I like big, nice boobs. Right. Like um, your. I, like your boobs? Yeah. Are those real? No. No, they're not. <laughs> no. Now, when did you get the when did you get the implants? Was that before you left the prison guard or was no? This... Um, actually, I had them done twice while I worked at the jail. 
Uh, <laughs> but no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I, the first time was before I started working there. Um, so wait, but you get you get breast implants and then you get, you get a job at the jail. Is the, so the jail is just like a gig to just pay the bills, right? No, it's not like that. Like I wanted to do law enforcement. Like I wanted to be like an undercover cop or a drug task force <laughs> or something. Because I seriously like could buy drugs from any random person. Like yeah, I, I would sell still, you drugs like, even if I don't have them. People still know who I am and like you know they know that I used to be a cop and they know what I do and they would still sell me drugs. Like yeah, I'm they're probably like oh she likes to party. Mean? You know, I could I could be totally great at that job, but you know, whatever. That's kind of shot out of the way. But um, no, I uh, just liked hot tits, and so I got them done. <laughs> there you go. What yeah. what better reason so, than that? So you got them done twice. Why did you go mm-hmm. back uh, to get the uh, second boob job? Like what what were you unsa- Okay, so. so you were unsatisfied. Are there any plans to go any bigger? No, probably not. No, what's no. your what's your current cup size? Um, 32 double D. Jesus. Yeah. And how tall are you? 5'1". Wow. Yeah. So, for those of you listening at home, we're looking at a girl, blonde-haired, 5'1", 32 double D. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think the only thing I'm seeing about if you go undercover, I think you're going to stick out. But, yeah, I guess you're right. If you're looking to maybe infiltrate some ecstasy ring or some sort of party drug scene, I could see that. But I know, you know. I don't see you rolling up on the corner. You seem a little, uh, little too. I can stop like any random, like yes, most people. You can tell who they are. Like. Well, know, yeah. I mean, you, you know can you mean? can entrap like, any guy. All you I can gotta get... do is like go to the Walgreens, the Walmart. You take me <laughs> anywhere. I'll get you some drugs. You know what I mean? Like I would be totally great at that job. But whatever. Yeah. Well, that's. So, that's why that's I wanted to do it is because I was always like in high school. People were always like, "Oh, you want some of this?" And like, no. <laughs> yeah. You know. Guys, guys offered you a lot of <laughs> drugs in like, high school. I'm like, you know, I could have. T- Totally drug passports officer, but whatever. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Is there any um, should we should people should we send people to your Twitter account? Where can people uh, keep track of you? Yes, I have Twitter. Okay. Um, you can follow me on there. I'm just kind of learning that, so don't get mad at me. I don't tweet like crazy like a lot of people. Um, Facebook. I'm over on my Facebook friends right now, so add my fan page, and I'll make another okay. friends page soon. Jesse Lunderby. <laughs> so uh, Twitter at Jesse Lunderby. Thanks a lot, Jesse, for uh, coming on the show. We're gonna, Logan, you yeah. want to wrap things up with a haiku? Let's do it. All right. Playboy Prison Break. Andy Richter has jerk zones. Sean didn't see boobs. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in the Green Room. We do it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock on L.A. Talk Radio. This has been the Green Room. to the green room don't forget to check out seantgreen.com and click the itunes link to subscribe today also be sure to check out my website documentarylabel.com